0: Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenogio. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha's YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Welcome back to Arise Broadcast Twenty. So we've been talking about the story of the whole Bible. You remember that from episode 139 to episode 142, we started looking at the question, what does it mean that humanity was created in the image of God? Episode 141, we look at the God in whose image man was created. And in episode 142, we ask, why do ancient kings put their images in their subject nation? And you remember that that episode 142 sparked up a question from one of our hearers. For four episodes, we stopped and we were considering the answer to this question. I thought the best thing to do today is actually to do a quick review. And we are going to read Genesis chapter 1. We read Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. We said creation marks the beginning of time, that when we opened the Bible, the Bible didn't try to explain God, the Bible didn't try to prove God. At the beginning of the Bible, the Bible confronted us with God who was already there in the beginning. And that this God that was there in the beginning, he is the one that created the heavens and the earth. That the heavens and the earth did not come out of Big Bang. That the universe was created by God. And the way that he did it, he spoke. He created the universe by the word of his mouth. And that is why we read in in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God, that is Elohim. In the beginning, God, Elohim. And that word God there is a plural now. In the beginning, God, Elohim. And we will look at that word Elohim. It talks about the raw power of God by which he created. In the beginning, God, plural now, created, which is a singular verse, verb, the heaven and the earth. So in this Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 number 1, we saw the raw power of God. And also it introduces us to the internal const- constitution of God. And that the seed of God as Trinity was sown exactly in that Genesis chapter one verse one. Now it doesn't explain everything about Trinity, but at least the seed of that was sown. And then when we compare that with Deuteronomy chapter six verse four, here O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Here O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And we said the word one there is a composite whole, it's a composite unity, not is an absolute unity. It's like saying a bunch of keys okay and what we are saying is that that genesis chapter 1 verse 1 is sowing a seed with respect to the trinity of god then we move on and we looked at the gap theory because there's a lot of theory there that says that there's a gap between genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and genesis chapter 1 verse 2 and this gap theory is also called the ruin construction theory and they, it assumes that there's this vast age, a tremendous gap between verse 1 of genesis chapter 1 verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1 and we took our time to say that it is not a biblical teaching okay because People created this gap because they want to put, they want to try to accommodate all these geological gaps of the scientists, so called. And we said there's nothing in the scripture, there's nothing in the scripture to suggest that there is a gap between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. And the fact that it is, it brings a lot of issue when we want to introduce this gap. We're not going to go back to everything that we read, but we did take our time to look into this. And one of the things we did was to read Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, which make it which make it simple, which make it clear. I'm reading from New American Standard Bible. Let's read that. He said, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. For that reason the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. It is very, very simple. The Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth in six days. It didn't say God created the heavens and the earth, and then there was a break, and then God recreated it. No, it didn't say that. And then we look at when people say, but there are, there are evidences that suggest that seems to you know, that seems to uh, prove this gap. And we took our time to look at all those so-called evidences. And we were able to prove, and if you are not part of that team, please go back again. We are going to prove that those evidences were wrongly being applied. A whole lot of those things did not actually support the the fact that there is a gap between verse 1 and verse 2. genesis chapter one so we looked at that and then we move on to look at the creation itself and we look at the creation of the material universe oh hallelujah you remember we're talking about galaxies we are talking about the universe galaxies we are looking at you know all sorts of glory you know the heavens declare the glory of god we are looking at how you know the firmament is actually an advertisement of the glory and the power of God. Then we look at the creation of living things, and we you remember we look at how God created day one, day two, day three, day four, and we saw the the the, the glory of living things. Okay, that the living things actually even show us the greater glory of God, and we saw how it is absolutely impossible when you understand the complexity and the glory of. Number one, the material world, and even much more, the glory and the complexity of the living things. You begin to see how totally impossible it is for this to have come out of Big Bang, or to have come out of just an accident. There is the finger of an intelligent designer written throughout the creation. Now, we can reject him, but I pray that you won't. But nobody will reject God. Nobody can disprove the existence of God by looking at the universe. People come to you and say, can you prove that God exists? And I ask you this question, can you prove to me that God does not exist? It takes more faith to believe in evolution and Big Bang than to believe in an intelligent designer that created the universe, okay? It is much more reasonable to believe and to accept that this creation, with its complexity, with its diversity, with its glory, was created by God and that is the message of the Bible that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth but God created it for a purpose and the purpose for which God created is God is working that purpose out so one of the place that this then led us to is to look at the specific creation of man now one of the things that we saw is that when you look at the creation story in the book of Genesis chapter 1 God was intentional and it seems to build up to this crescendo which was the creation of man. God, the God that created the earth, the heavens and the earth, the God that created the heavens and the earth actually is the God that created man. God created the heavens and the earth and then God created the living things and on the sixth day God finally created man or humanity humanity was the crown jewel of god's creation and we started seeing how the creation of man or how the creation of humanity was distinct even among living things now we said that there's a continuity there's a continuity there's some continuity between the creation of animal and the creation of man for one thing the animals were created on the same day that man was created there was some continuity but we said that there are absolutely clear, distinct difference between the creation of humanity and the creation of other animals. Man did not evolve from animal. God created man. And we started looking at some five distinct ways in which the creation of man was different. From the creation of other animals. Man's creation was distinct. You remember we started looking at that. Number one, there was a divine conference preceding the formation of man. We read that in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Number two, man's creation was unique in that first God formed his body from the dust and God breathed into him the breath of life and man became a living soul. Number three, we said the sexes of mankind were not created simultaneously as in the case of animals. Rather, the first female was built from a section of the first male's flesh and bone. And we saw the implication of that. And on this point, we started talking about gender. Again, we are not going, the plan here is to just do a general review. There was a lot of things we began to see about gender, about male and female. What is their purpose in the plan of God? And number four, we saw that unlike animals, mankind was not broken down into species. You know, the Bible will say God created them according to their kind or all kind of. But when God created man, man humanity was designated by sexuality. God created them male and female. And at this point, remember, we started talking about sexuality. And we said we must not confuse sexuality with sexual orientation remember what we said there go back if you have not listened to that because i believe that was a powerful powerful teaching with respect to our sexuality we live in this world as sexual being our sexuality is greater is bigger than just our sexual orientation and at this point we also look at how the devil has perverted sexuality so we talked about sexual sin at this point so if you want to go back and one of the things we did on this number three talking about gender talking about sexuality talking about how God created you know the 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 gender man was created first and the woman was created over here we then stopped and look at the deeper mysteries that are attached to some of this distinct way in which God created Humanity. And the fifth way in which man's creation was distinct is actually the point at which we took a break. That was the point. So I'm going to then do a review of what we've done at that point. So finally, the test, this is the fifth point, the fifth way in which man's creation is distinct, is the fact that Genesis chapter 1 clearly states that mankind alone, mankind and mankind alone, was created. In the image of God and that is exactly what we were looking at and that is what the Latin called imago Dei that the man that humanity was created in the image of God and then before we look into that remember like I said we took a pause and we look at the deeper mysteries that that we saw In the story so far, when we look, like I said, when we look at why were the sex six, why were the gender not created the same? Why was the man created first and the woman created after? What about the darkness, the formless, the void in Genesis chapter one? Why was the creation story done in seven days? So we look at a lot of that, okay? But where we have ended is this number five distinct way in which the creation of man was different from other animals, and the fact that it is man, humanity, and humanity only that was created in the image of God. And remember we said both the male and the female equally were created in the image of God. Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created in him, male and female created in them, and God blessed them. And then we went to the second <laughs> reading of that story. In Genesis chapter 2, we read verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he has formed. Verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his rib and closed up the flesh instead And the rib which the Lord God has taken from man made he a woman and brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh and they were both naked, the man and his wife and were not ashamed. And that was actually what sparked this, the question that then made us to pause a little bit. So we'll look very, very briefly and we're gonna look at that as we go down this story, we look very, very briefly at the ultimate image of God in the New Testament, which is Christ himself. As we read in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4b and Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, he is the ultimate image of God. And one of the ways in which we have approached this, number one, is to look at the image of God in the story of Luke chapter 20, verses 21 and 22, when we're looking at God and Caesar, when the Lord Jesus said, whose image is on this coin? Give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give unto God what belongs to God, and that is you, because you were created in the image of God. So we look at that to give us a handle, to give us, as it were, an introduction into what is it that the Bible is talking about, when the Bible says that man was created in the image of God. And we look at the word image and likeness, and we said the image and likeness are not two different words. Okay, I mean, they are not saying two different things, that the two words are merely combined to add intensity to the thought of the fact that humanity, the man and the woman, were created in the image of God. They are not referring to two different things. They don't have two different meanings in their use in Genesis chapter 1 to chapter 11. And we said that the image in which humanity was created is not about the fact that they were created male and female male and female does not define the content of the image but rather the image of god is found in both male and female and it is found equally when you read genesis chapter 1 god is portrayed as a king that is presiding and ruling over the heaven and the earth what we see god do doing in genesis chapter 1 is god kinging God doing what only a king will do. God commanding and it was being created and God giving name to things and to people. That is what a king does. So what we see in Genesis chapter 1 is that God, the king of heaven, extending his kingdom to the earth. And what we see God doing is exercising kingly dominion while he was establishing his kingdom on earth. So kingship, then, is at the heart of the commission that God gave to humanity. God is king. And because God is king, he created man in his image. And we are looking at what does that what does really mean? that? What is the implication? What is the application that God created man in his own image? Okay? So it's because this issue of kingship is at the heart of the commission that God gave to humanity. They were given control over all plants' life and over every animal life on earth. They were told to subdue the earth and to take dominion over it. He created humanity to rule over the world as his subordinate, as his representative king under God. They are to spread God's own dominion outside the boundary of the garden of Eden. In, in this sense, God reigns over his creation in and through humanity and that was the plan that was the arrangement that was the process that was the flow of authority and dominion that was established in the book of genesis why did god let us create man in our own image it's because the people to which the book of genesis was written in the first instant they understood this type of sentence okay because they were surrounded by pagan gods they know that where you find the image of god or the images of gods or the images of king where you find them is number one in their subject nation or in the home of their worshipper so anywhere you find the image of a king or anywhere you find the image of an emperor what you are saying is that that environment that location uh, is subject to the rule of the king whose image they bear or whose image is placed in that nation or in that home. So that image let everybody know that the king's rule extends to wherever the image was found. Why did God put his image here? It's so that we'll know that his rule extends here. Okay? So we are not saying that the the gods and the idol of this world that they are they are they are anything that they are right or they are real no we're just learning because this is the way you learn the scripture You understand when that when this when the lord jesus gave parable is because the people of his days understood those things that he was talking about so we have to understand because a lot of these things are strange to us the image let us know that the presence of god is in that place. And this is what we see. And the ancient Near East, they, they understand this lingua franca. And this is what was happening when God put man on earth. Man is here, not as himself, but as that image of God. And this is very, very important. The authority of man on earth and is one single job description on earth is the fact that man When I say man, I'm talking about humanity, the man and the woman. We are here as God's image. That's our authority. That is our access. That is our job description here. We are placed here as God's image. Okay. As God's vice regent so that the will of God will be done on earth as it is being done in heaven. So the image of God in man is associated with royal office. The fact that man is royalty is serving as king under the overlord, under the kingship of God. Royalty, number two, man as God's representative. So when Bible says, let's create man in our own image, that image is associated, number one, with royal office, number two, with the fact that man, humanity is God's representative. Number three, the fact that humanity is God's agent in the world. I mean, all these three things are... Interwoven. They are granted authorized power to share God's rule and to administer God's kingdom in his creation over the creatures and the resources of God. It is the fact that man was created in the image of God that separated him from other living things, that separated him from other animals. And it is the fact that man was created in the image of God that qualified him to exercise God's dominion. Praise the Lord. And it was at that point that we had the question that my my brother Shegun asked us. And then we took a break and we answered that question. Now, I've reviewed this to you so that we can get back to where we were. And by the grace of God, next time we are going to pick up talking about the image of God, man as God's image on earth. And talking about the image and the dominion, because this is why we are here. There is a purpose. There's a reason, there's a plan of God in Genesis chapter 1. Now, that plan, that purpose was derailed, but it was not destroyed because that is the purpose that God is working out. And we need to understand this and work in the reality of it. And if you are listening to me and you don't know Jesus, you don't know God, there's, there's you know, there's no other way. Jesus is the only way. There are no two ways to God. All religions really don't lead to God, Okay. Jesus is the way, is the truth, and the life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. There is no other name given among men whereby we might be saved. No other prophet. It is the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And I'm offering him to you. You can come to him today. You can, wherever you are, just bow your head. Ask him. He's there with you confess your sin, ask him, receive him as your Lord and Savior, ask him to come and save you, to be your Lord, to be your God. He will come in, he will take the identity of darkness and evil away from your heart. That dead spirit inside of you will remove it. He will give you a new spirit, a new engine, totally new, not refurbished. And then he will give you his own spirit. And he will walk with you for the rest of your life on this earth. He will pass through thick and thin and and equipping and loving you. You worshipping and responding and growing in his grace. And when this is all over, you will spend eternity with him in the new heaven and the new earth. Please do it today. Tomorrow may be too late. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.